Hey everybody, welcome to A Couple of Guys Talking Habs. This is episode 19, so I want to welcome everybody uh, to the episode today. It's going to be a little bit different today. Uh, I'm kind of solo, <laughs> so uh, poor me, couldn't find anybody to podcast with. So I did a couple of solo segments, and um, yeah, so you're gonna, we're going we're gonna to listen to that today. Um, I, I've already listened to it, so you're going to listen to that today. And um, so I talk about it's kind of a different thing. So I I recorded the first segment um, the day of the day of the uh, uh, the first game against uh, Winnipeg. Actually, the second game against Winnipeg. I guess it was uh, Saturday, last Saturday. This is being recorded on um, the intro is being recorded on the second uh, of March, and the two segments are recorded on the twenty seventh of February and the. 1st of March. So the interesting part about it is I'm basically talking about the same subjects, the same topics in both segments, but one is before the second Jets game and one is after. And so it just gives us a look at what I was thinking uh, before going into that game. And then the game was a little better and things were a little, uh, looked like kind of promising to me. And so the second um, segment kind of you kind of it reflects that, but I also uh, there's a couple of rants, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I talk about Carrie Price, um, um, uh, what wagon jumpers, bandwagon jumpers, <laughs> sorry, the refs, of course. Um, I touch on uh, PK Subban Weber trade uh, in the second segment, and um, if I've forgotten anything, you'll see. So it's basically I'm talking about the same things with a different kind of mindset on both ones, on both segments. So hopefully you'll enjoy this. And, uh, yeah, so before we get you to there, I would ask you to check out the video because the second segment is a little different. I recorded the video. The, um, the re I recorded it for the podcast, but I also filmed it for um, the uh, my channel, the Talking Habs. Um, so yeah, you can uh, you can check that out on my YouTube channel, Talking Habs, and that is the latest video that's on there. And uh, the, you could also I encourage you to leave a voice message. So if you go on Anchor, the Anchor site, and you go to the uh, podcast site on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message, a question, a topic you'd like us to talk about, call us idiots, whatever you want to do, leave a voice message. Um, I encourage you to follow us on whatever platform that you are listening to us on. Um, there's got to be a little button that's either a star or you just you know click follow or thumbs up, something like that. I encourage you to do that. Uh, once again, my YouTube channel on YouTube is called Talking Habs. If you type in Talking Habs in the search bar, you're definitely going to get it. It should be the first one in the uh, list that they show you. Um, you can also reach me at, at Talking Habs on Twitter. Um, I, all, I have a Facebook group that I do a lot more on Facebook, I have to admit. But it is called Talking Habs with Rick. Um, that's the Facebook group. You can go there. And I believe you can join that without being – I don't think I have to um, accept it. I think I've made it public, so you can go there. Uh, but I'll tell you, I don't do a lot there. I post everything there, but I don't, I'm not in there a lot, to be honest with you. Um, and then the last thing you can do is hopefully enjoy – the segment, I would encourage you, let me know what you thought. I'm solo podcasting. I'm, I'd like to know what people think about it. So please leave a comment somewhere. I would really appreciate that. And um, um, I won't babble any longer. Uh, so the first segment, like I said, was recorded just before the second Jets game and the second, second segment after. So please enjoy 
and I'll see you at the outro. <laughs> I'm not going to say bye. I'm going to say bye, everybody. Enjoy the, enjoy the podcast. All right. So we're going to start this uh, episode off with a solo segment. I'm solo. I haven't done solo podcasting. It seems like in a long time. Uh, Jeff's unavailable for me today. But besides, I wanted to um, talk about a few things that um, I guess have cropped up recently. And I want to talk about them before they get, you know, too late to talk about it. But first, I'd like to dedicate um, this segment to my late brother, Mitchell, who would have been 60 years old today. This is February 27th that I'm recording this. So, oh, happy birthday, um, Mitch. It just seems so long ago. Um, all right. So I'm going to touch on a couple subjects here. I'm going to talk about Carrie Price and a couple of different things about him. And not just about him, but some people's attitudes towards him, stuff like that that have been bothering me. And um, NHL refs, got to touch on that. And, of course, there's the Habs coaching change. Montreal just changed their coach. They fired – I'm filming. I'm filming. <laughs> I'm so used to filming my videos. I'm recording this on Saturday just before – well, in the afternoon before the game uh, in Winnipeg. It's a late start at 10 o'clock, so got plenty of time today. And um, – yeah, the Habs made a coaching change on, uh, I want to say, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. And um, uh, they fired Coach Claude Julian and Kirk Muller. And they um, replaced him with uh, assistant coach Dominic Ducharme. And they brought up um, assistant coach from Laval Rocket, Alex Burrows, to take over the power play and imagine other duties. And so, yeah, so we have uh, three coaches now instead of four behind the bench because um, Dominic Ducharme was part of the four coaches already. They let uh, Julian and Muller go and only brought up uh, Alex Burroughs. So now we have uh, Ducharme, Burroughs, and Luke Richardson handling the defense and the, the uh, penalty kill. So it might make for a little bit more fluidness, I think, behind the bench with a not, less clutter, I guess, maybe. You know, it might be a good thing that way. So... Um, also, I did want to talk about some upcoming plans for the podcast. Um, so we'll do that maybe near the end of this segment. I'm going to try to keep it short because <laughs> it's just going to be one segment in this podcast. And, um, yeah, we're going to have some other segments. Um, yeah, and you might, you're going to hear this a little bit more often where I'll do, uh, just a solo segment and, uh, just bring some of my own thoughts and stuff alone to the podcast. Okay, so hopefully you're still with me. And uh, we're going to talk about Carey Price. Now, Carey Price obviously struggling this year. Um, it's early in the season, although we, we can soon stop saying it's early in the season because this is the 20th game of the season. In a 56-game schedule, that's not early anymore because in an 82-game schedule, okay, we're right around the 25, you know, the 25% mark, which is, okay, that's early. But now we're getting up, approaching the halfway point of the season. So we're no longer early. And he's been struggling. And um, it's getting very concerning. And you could even say that it's part of the reason, or at least it's in the equation of um, maybe the, uh, why the two coaches got let go. I'm not going to put, obviously, I'm going to place all that on Carey Price. but I, And it seems traditional every month. It seems like... Um, not every month, I should say every year. He seems to have a slow start, and he's 33 years old, and, you know, 
if Carey Price was making five or six million dollars a year, nobody would even be complaining. Yeah, sure, he's struggling now, but it wouldn't be such a big deal as it is now. But at ten point five million dollars, it becomes a big deal. Okay, so he's struggling, and it almost seems like will he get through it this time, or is that's it? He's done. And if you listen to the fans. <laughs> Because I do videos, as you must know, I do videos and I have live streams. And I get so many comments these days in my videos and the live streams about how bad he is and he's finished and all that. And it's just, you know, it's very disconcerting to the point where the last live stream, which was the first game against Winnipeg. So just one game ago. Um, it started out very positive because, you know, the new coach, everyone was excited for this fresh start, and um, I guess I don't know what everyone was expecting, or where was most people. Well, it's not really good English there. Were most people expecting like snap your fingers, new coach, new day, boom, Habs are take off like a rocket. Now that could have happened, and I think we're going to talk about it just a little bit later. But yeah, that's that is one scenario that could happen when you make a coaching change. But there's also the other side of it where it doesn't happen like that. So your expectations can't be, uh, it's almost like win or bust. And it can't be that because, you know, it's a new coach in the middle of a very compact season where there's not a lot of days off now. They He got hired on a day off. Was it? Yeah, he got hired on a day off. He didn't have a lot of time to get anything set. So any kind of changes that are going to happen are going to happen over time. Um, kind of slowly, and you saw that in the lineup that was in place for the first game against Winnipeg, which was the first game against them for the season and the only team in the North Division we hadn't played. And the expectations, I think, were way too high. Now, I know in my live stream, I was saying, you know, like I was expecting them to win. I really was, and I kind of thought it might be kind of a decisive win. Uh, no, actually, I shouldn't say that. That was Ottawa. <laughs> I thought it would be a tight game, but Montreal would would play well enough to win and to start, you know, positive moving forward. And it, but it turned out the other way where Montreal started out great and it looked great. And yeah, sure. It looked great. And everything's going to be, uh, it's all sunshine and roses, but it's not. And they soon came back down to earth and um, gave up what the next five goals uh, after going up three to one. And, yeah, and and everybody just jumping off the bandwagon. I just don't understand it. I got upset in the, in the live stream. I, I I hope I held it like to, I kept it to myself mostly, but I was getting a little tired about reading the comments about how shitty Carey Price is, and everyone's shitting all over him. And Carey Price needs to be traded, and trade the coach or no, fire the coach. Just first game back, first game as coach, you want to fire him, fire the GM, fire this, trade half the team. And I'm there trying to say, you know, got to have a little bit of patience. It might take a few games. It's not the only way that it starts after changing a coach. It can go usually two ways, so we got the bad way. But it doesn't mean it's bad for the long term. And you got to be patient more than one game when you hire a new coach. And it got to the point where I was just like, oh, fuck this. I'm not reading these comments anymore. Uh, just not. So I was reading comments that were positive. And I was leaving all, leaving all the negative comments, just go. And when the stream was over, I just said, you know, I, I got to go. I can't really deal with this. And I, I left. I left the stream, and I didn't want to get mad at everybody. But 
I got to say, I was very disappointed with the bandwagon jumpers. That's what I got to call you. As soon as the first negative thing happened, everyone was jumping off the bandwagon. Like, are we Toronto Maple Leafs fans? I don't know. I see that there. I don't want to see that here. I mean, that's ridiculous. Got a new coach. Give him a chance. We're going to talk about the coach even more. I just want to kind of get that off my chest about uh, everybody shitting on Carey Price. Carey Price is is going to be a legend here in Montreal. Sure, he's not doing well right now, but to shit on him the way everybody was is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's almost like, what have you done for me lately? Nothing in the garbage. Doesn't work like that. He's a human being, and he's somebody I look up to as a player. Uh, even though I'm younger, uh, he's younger than me. I still look up to him as a player and a human being. And um, he's in a bad spot right now. It doesn't mean that his career is over. He's 33 years old. He's got plenty to go. He's not. Maybe he's not to carry Price when he was 23 or 25 or 27. That's obvious. But he still has great games, great moments, even in this slumpy, whatever you want to call it. There's still great moments. I've been saying in my videos, it's, it's he's bad and great in the same game. So it's something he's going through right now. We need to be a little bit patient. He, patient. he will get through it. The whole team will get through this with the new coach. I'm encouraged by what I've seen the coach say and uh, stuff like that. I, I think this guy's going to be good, but we got to give him some time. So I just want to say, bandwagon jumpers, get back on the goddamn wagon and stay there for a little while. Give it four or five games before you're going to jump off this fucking wagon and give the team a shot and be positive and and uh, help push them through this. That's my rant. NHL referees. <laughs> now, I'm going to rant about NHL referees, but I want people to know I'm not saying this strictly as a Habs fan because this is something that I'm hearing all through the league. Horrible. They're, they're horrible, and this is all through the league. It seems, though, this last game, I know Brendan Gallagher, um, after the game, the callback goal against Ottawa, he was very vocal about what he thought of the refing and the look it has for the league. And the very next game, they were, we, I mean, we were getting no calls. You can say, okay, we had two power plays, but we were getting so many missed calls. It was horrible. It was obvious. It was obvious that there was a little payback for mouthing off. I, you could say I'm wrong and I'm biased. I mean, okay, I get it. I don't think I am. And convince me I'm not. And you can do that, by the way. You want to leave a voice message for the next um, podcast, you can leave a voicemail on the Anchor app. You go to the Anchor site, and you can leave a voicemail that we'll play, and uh, we'll either answer a question or talk about a topic. You can call us idiots. Call me a fool, whatever you want. Leave a voicemail. And listen, if it's not positive, I'm not hiding from that. If you have something negative to say, you know, try to be uh, civil about it. But uh, so try to leave us a voicemail. That would be very encouraged. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so this is something that's kind of going on league wide. I'm hearing it everywhere. I don't know what's up. Someone actually told me about a theory about. Um, how it being that there are a lot of young referees in the league right now because there's so many teams and there's so many new refs. And refing is a thing that you get better at with age and you see things better and you're not as biased about things and can't be 
open to bias during games and stuff like that, and you need that's experience. And it has some merit, I imagine. I haven't dug any deeper into that theory, but there's some merit to that. But, I mean, it's been horrible. So whether it's because they're young and they need to get better, okay. But it's been horrible either way. And, I mean, it leads me into what's been kind of affecting the team, our team directly, um, is like, well, I'll say it like this. What the fuck is goaltender interference? Does anybody know out there what goaltender interference is? Because I don't know that I do anymore from what I've seen. It's confusing as hell. And I don't know. What is the league trying to do? You can't. Like, okay, here's my theory on what I think what the league is trying to do with refereeing. And see if it makes any sense for you guys. It seems to me like they're trying to make as many calls as it calls as many things as possible kind of cut and dried for the for the refs so they don't have to make a a decision i guess or yeah i guess that's it you know or a judgment so if we'll just take clearing the puck and you throw it over the glass whether you did it on purpose or you didn't it's a penalty so in other words, the puck went over the glass, didn't touch the glass, didn't touch the boards, straight over, two-minute penalty. When the ref should be able to tell intent from there, you could pro- you can more often than not tell intent, way more often than not. And so they took away this judgment call. So even when a guy makes a mistake, it's a, uh, just a little judgment, and, oh, it's off by a little bit, it's still a penalty. could be very costly. I don't think that's very fair. And so things like that, and it seems like with goalie interference, it's cut and dry. The guy, did he touch the pad? Doesn't matter how bad. Doesn't matter how this or that. Is it this thing? It's goalie interference. Unless, now this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) The refs called to the booth in Toronto. Uh, We might have goaltender interference here. The booth in Toronto says, who scored? Was it the Habs? No. Yeah. Was it the Habs? Yeah, it was the Habs. No goal. Was it the Le- or or they could say, was it the Leafs? Yeah, it was the Leafs. Goal. I mean, kind of seems like that. Because the last goal that was called back that Brendan Gallagher scored against the Ottawa Senators. I'm sorry. That was a goal. When the guy that's being accused of goaltender interference is able to get back out of the crease after he was kind of pushed in there to start with, he gets back out, he gets up, he gets himself set and finding where the play is and enough to be on it where the puck that's, you know, he can tip the puck in for the next goal. He's reset. And the goalie can't get reset in that four seconds that that happened in how how is that possible? I hope I'm still recording because my my monitor just went off. <laughs> Seems I'm I'm still recording. Um, how is that possible? And the joke out there on Twitter, even days after, is uh, just checking. But did, is Matt Murray reset yet? I mean, come on, it's ridiculous to say that that wasn't a goal because if Gallagher was reset. 
to get up. Not just that he was lying on the ground, he got his stick up. He got out of the crease, got up, got his feet planted, looked for where the play was, and got his stick on the puck to, to deflect it in. And the goalie can't get reset? I don't, I don't get it. And then, just a case in point, a couple days later, I guess it is, there's the goal. I guess it was Calgary and Toronto. And who is it? Hyman is standing in the net or in the crease. And there's all stuff going on. And and the goalie is not really impeded. But, you know, maybe a little bit. Anyways, there's a goal. And now I'm not saying that was a bad goal because I'm not saying that. I actually think that was a good goal. But if that was a good goal, so was the Brendan Gallagher Gallagher goal. If that was a good goal... The Gallagher goal was good. If the Gallagher goal wasn't good, then that should not have been a good goal. And that's all I'm saying. So I know that when we uh, argue about it, I've seen on Twitter people saying, oh, look, they're arguing about that. But it's not the same thing. I'm not saying that was a bad goal for Toronto. But if that was a good goal, then why wasn't the Gallagher goal good? That's why. What the fuck is goaltender interference? If you can explain it to me, maybe I'm going to give you a prize right now. That's what I explain to me clearly and concisely what it is, and then call it consistently. And then I'll understand what goaltender interference fucking well is. But right now, the way it's called, and it's all over the board, and you don't know. I just don't know. And it's kind of makes them look like clowns. I'm sorry, but it does. Their inconsistency. You know, they call the Department of uh, Player Safety DOPS, which I say add an E to the end after the P and it's dopes because that's what they are. They look like a bunch of dopes. And if they're not dopes, they look like they're obviously scamming towards one team. Because every time I see this controversy, pretty much every time, okay, you can say the Thornton goal was called back, but to me he shoved his his pad right over. So that's obvious. Um, But it's usually Toronto gets away with it. Or I'll go this far and say if it's a Montreal game, the other team gets away with it. And we don't. Ever. So someone, please explain to me what the fuck is a goaltender interference in the NHL. I'd love to know. All right. Habs coaching change. So Montreal did change coaches. They uh, let Claude Julian and Kirk Muller go. Julian was head coach, as we all know. Kirk Muller was basically mainly in charge of the power play. I'm sure he did other things. He wasn't just there for that. Power play was kind of not really good. And at home, definitely not good under Muller. On the road, last year was the third best. This year wasn't doing very good. But, you know, it's very inconsistent. Definitely at home, consistently bad. And um, so there was they had to change. They had to. So they bring in Dominic Ducharme, who, when he was hired in 2018, was kind of known that this guy was the coach in waiting. Um, if anything, if any reason they were going to let go, uh, let Julian go. You, and I think right after that they brought in Mueller, and then it was like, is it going to be Mueller? Is it going to be Ducharme? But it was known it was probably going to be Ducharme, mainly because Mueller doesn't speak French, and you know we got to have a French coach. I, and listen, there's. Obviously, there's really good French coaches, so it's not 
My issue isn't that it's a French coach or an English coach. It's got to be the best coach. So if it's a French guy that's the best guy that's available, I'm all for it. So don't get me wrong out there and tell me because I've seen that. I I don't think I've ever said it's got to be English, not French. It's got to be the best coach available. If that's an English guy, the French rule shouldn't, shouldn't count. That's what I say. But, yeah, French coaches win Stanley Cups everywhere. It's not like just – so I'm not stupid. So please don't come back on me on that. So they brought in these guys, and um, they brought in also Alex Burroughs, and I hope that's where I, I blanked on where I was. So we got Dominic Ducharme. Right, okay, so it wasn't going to be Muller. That's where I was. Um, Muller got the shot in the RTP, I know. I don't. I was confused about that, why they gave it to Muller, but they did. Muller got the chance um, to coach. So for whatever reason, they didn't give Ducharme the opportunity. Maybe they didn't feel, feel at that point last season he was ready. I don't know. Um, but it's Dominic Ducharme, and they brought up Alex Burroughs from the um, the AHL club, who was doing power play there, and he's going to be the power play coach here, and um, I think he's going to help with energy and morale and motivation, and the players should be able to relate to him pretty easily because he's very recently retired as a player. So um, that's the that's the change. Now I was saying earlier about how things can go two ways. In my opinion, when you change a coach and in the 50-odd years, the 51 years I've been watch, watching hockey, it seems it goes either one of these two ways. The team responds right away. Right away on some kind of a winning streak, anywhere from winning the next game to winning the next few. And I've seen it go as far as a 10-game streak where they're just looking amazing. They might not win every single game, but pretty much. You know, and then it starts to come back down to earth. And it might be a full drop-off or, you know, they come back down a bit. Maybe they're a little bit better than they were before, but it's not like it was at the beginning. That's how it happens a lot. Or it's the other way, which I call like a sputter start where you're going to probably not going to win the first game, maybe two or three even after coach change. Uh, then you might win one or tie one. Or something like that, you know, getting closer and then you start to win. And it goes really well after that. So it's going to be one or the other. So Montreal happened to, maybe we're on the spotter start. We're going to see how it works out tonight. Um, I like what I'm hearing from the coach. But that's what I meant about it could go one of two ways, right? I'm kind of happier if it would go, yeah, sure, I want to see the wins, yes. But usually those that start out that way where you got this big and you got this winning streak and whatever, and it's usually fake, and that's not – you come back down to earth somewhere, and that's disappointing, and blah, because you had this – they look great. Now they're back again after so many games, and you can question it. Whereas if they start out a little slow like this, you can't really question about the coaching because they just changed the coach, and you can't expect it after one game. So you get a bit of a slow start as he works his things, depending on how long he's had – to get his systems installed and work with the players and get them focused on where he wants and changes the few things that he wants. It's going to take a little bit. And in a season like this where the games are so compressed right now, yeah, don't expect miracles in the first game, two, three, maybe five. As a matter of fact, what I'm calling for you guys to do is to take let him have five games before you judge what he's doing. Because I have a feeling – 
within five games, you're going to be going, oh, no, this is good. So that's what I'm saying about coaching. So there, I got everything off my chest. I'm well within time of what I wanted to do. Let's talk about what's upcoming for the podcast. So first off, you're going to probably hear a little bit more of me um, doing a solo segment here and there. Um, I'm now introducing the uh, podcast and the outro for the podcast separately after I know what the lineup's going to look like and all that. So it's a little bit more professional. Um, I can do it directly off my computer. It sounds a little better. Um, so we're going to be doing that. I'm going to have some guests coming up soon, soonly. Haven't got everybody in line or anything, but I'm looking at the Jofo podcast guys. I'm going to invite Scotian Canadian. We kind of talked, not indirectly through Jeff anyway, talked about it. He seems interested. Um, I hope to get maybe John from Hot Take Hockey. And we'll go from there. There will be some subscribers coming on. Shamir's already been on. Heinz57, you've seen in the chats if you're in the live streams. Uh, Heinz is going to come on very soon. And anybody with an elite player membership, uh, that's part of the membership. You get the option if you'd like to come on the podcast. So you'll hear some subscribers. So that's coming up. There are going to be some contests starting to happen soon and giveaways. Um, I'm not sure exactly exactly when, but there will be some some contests and giveaways happening, like on my channel, my uh, YouTube channel. And if you do leave a voicemail, which you can do, just come onto the Anchor um, site for the uh, po- for the podcast, and you can leave a voice message. And um, yeah, ask us a question, give us a topic, whatever you want. Uh, do that, and we'll talk about it in the next podcast. And that's what's upcoming. So I'm going to stop the segment here. Um, we're gonna I'm gonna we'll be right back. I'll be joined by, I would imagine, Jeff, um, Jeff or somebody in the next uh, segment. So uh, just hang in there and uh, be right back in a GIF. If I can find where the mouse to go to click off. See you in a minute, guys. All right, everybody. So we're back from the break and um, a little bit different um in what I was planning to do, so I recorded the first segment of this podcast the um, day of, I think, or the day before. I, I, I don't even remember now. Um, the day of, no, I think it was the day before uh, the Winnipeg game, the second one. Um, so all my opinions in that first segment come from before that, and I'm going to give you a little bit more of that um, after the game. So right now we are the second day after the second Winnipeg game, the 2-1 to one loss. Uh, in overtime, um, everybody's kind of shitting on the team. Um, and yeah, I'm going to give you my responses to that. Um, I want to talk about bandwagon jumpers, referees, the Subban Weber trade. Believe it or not, people are still talking about that. I'm going to give you my opinion on that. Um, I want to talk about Jake Allen for a sec. I'm going to talk about Carey Price, of course. I can't not talk about Carey Price. Plus, there's also today... A lot of rumors, again, about Jack Eichel. I've done a video about this already. Um, I've got a little bit more to say about it, and I'm going to do that. Plus, special treat for um, for you, old man, and now he knows who he is. <laughs> I've got a little short poem that I wanted to read on the last live stream, and quite frankly, with the excitement that was in the room, and there was a lot of um, comments, and I just didn't get around to it. So I'm going to read it now while it's still kind of... <laughs> It's, it has to do with what's going on right now. Um, 
And at the very end, I'm going to read some questions and give me a little question and answer because I've got a video series, but I'm not getting enough questions. Hopefully, this will kick off some more questions. So if you have any questions and you're listening on the podcast, I think, I mean, you can just go leave a voice message. I'd love that if you leave a voice message on anchor.com on our podcast site, and we'll answer that on the next podcast. And you guys on the video, because uh, you guys on the podcast, I'm also filming this for my channel, just this segment. And you can check that out on my YouTube channel, Talking Habs. And um, yeah, so um, we're going to get right to it. So uh, yeah, you guys here on the video, that's what I wanted to say. You can leave a comment in the comment section. Hopefully ask me a question and it'll be in the next, uh, what do I call that now? Uh, uh, question and highly answering uh, series. So I could use some more questions from the audience and from the viewers. And uh, yeah, let's uh, hopefully we'll get more of that. So we're going to do that. So those are the things that are going to happen in this segment. Hopefully it won't be too long. You never know when I'm recording and I'm, I'm talkative. So <laughs> we're going to get right into it. I'm going to start with this right now. I'm mad. Yeah, I'm mad that so many people that call themselves Habs fans... Just can't wait to shit all over everyone associated with the team. How the, I don't know if I want to swear here, but yeah. How the fuck can you be so wishy-washy if you can't see what they're trying to do right now with the coaching change and all that? Then, uh, well, then I don't know, like give, give up on being a Habs fan. I don't know. Give them at least a few games to start, you know, like they just changed the coach. He's got two games in. And everyone wants him gone already. He hasn't had a chance to do anything, literally. Very little. And in the second game, they looked a lot better. So it's encouraging. Yet, still, they lost the game. So it's the end of the world. Uh, they just... They gotta give them, I didn't finish the sentence even. Got to give them a few games to start turning things around. He's doing that. He's working with the players. There's no time for practice. They hired him. They made the change after... The break where they had seven game days, I mean, to work on things for a new coach. And they decided, ah, I think that was a bad decision personally. They should have done it then. They decided, well, let's see if they can do something in the uh, Julian and Muller in these seven days. And no, they didn't do anything. And now you got a new coach who has zero practice time, pretty much. You get a game in like they had two games, uh, two days off in between those last two games. But that's a rarity. They're not, they're not going to get a lot of days off in between games uh, right up until um, the last two games of the season against Toronto. There's a three-day break there. So that's it. But every game is it's either every day or every second day. There's not a lot of time. So he doesn't have a lot of time to make big changes. And quite frankly, he said he's not going to, that he's going to make small tweaks, work with the players, build their confidence, and slowly make the changes he needs. And it's not going to happen overnight. So it's two games in, and everybody's pissed off. Okay. <laughs> changes are being made, and if you can't see that, then go learn some hockey. I mean, that might be a little harsh. I realize people that are still complaining, they know hockey. I get it. But, I mean, if you can't see that changes are being made and things are happening, and they got better in that second game, then I don't know. This is why we can't have elite players here. We can't. Why would players want to come here and play when they know that if they have a bad game or a slump, they're going to be chased out of town pretty much. 
They don't want to get shit on if they have a bad game or go into a slump. Can you blame them? Because I can't. Look what's happening with Carey Price right now. Did you see the uh, the cartoon in the French newspaper? Uh, it's got him back to the yeah, – to, he's facing his net. And on his back where it says Price, they've written over and they put a D at the end of his name. So overpriced. You know, we chased Patrick Waugh out of this town. Now, there's a, you could argue that he was probably going to get traded in Savard. That was a, but we chased him out. Um, almost did one year, and maybe it was contributing a lot to the fact that he was thinking about wanting to be traded on the day of that game that caused all the trouble. And the reason for that is from fans coming down on him for bad games or things like that. I mean, they're not perfect. Okay, on the subject of price and on the subject of um, Jack Eichel, because now the talk for trading Jack Eichel, and I've done a video on this, and um, sure, I love Jack Eichel as a player. I think he'd be great here, but at what cost? This is the problem I don't think people think about, right? At what cost is, gonna, is it going to be to get Jack Eichel? So it's going to cost you Nick Suzuki, and if it's not Nick Suzuki and a draft pick and a this and a that, it's uh, KK and Caulfield, and traffic and that, and maybe Norland, it's going to cost you a lot. Now, there's talk that his price is going down because of how bad he's playing, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. His price is not going to go down. He's 24 years old. He's not an older player. Even if he's having a bad year, he's 24. He's going to have great years to come. So what is it going to cost you? And is it worth it at that point? So I, I wrote this concerning Price and Eichel. If Price doesn't get his shit together right now, then it doesn't matter who we trade for and who we bring in. If he doesn't get it together, you can't trade You can't trade him. And getting an Eichel won't make your team better because of who you're going to have to give up, right? It's not going to make you any better because now you got other holes. If Price is still playing like shit, Jack Eichel's not going to make the difference. And you can say moving forward, it'd be a different story. I get that. But I know the only reason people are talking about it right now really is because of what's happening right now. It's panic. The panic button's being pressed. So in my my opinion, if he gets it together, that's price I'm talking about. This team has the superstar it was built around, and things will will be where they should be, right? If price is playing good, a lot of these games we've lost won't have been losses, and this wouldn't be nearly what it looks like. So a lot of this is a, is on price. Yes, but all we need is Price to come back. And why would Price be? Apparently, he's, he's going to be starting against Ottawa. Uh, it looks like that in practice. He's in he's the uh, in the starters man, I guess. And um, why would that be? Because here's my reasoning: If Montreal is going to go anywhere, if you if you have expectations of Montreal being a contender right now, but this is all gone to shit and all that, but you think that they could be a contender. Well, they're not going to be without price, right? I'm sorry. Jake Allen is not taking you to a Stanley Cup. Jake Allen's going to help you get there. Without a doubt, he's going to help you get there. But Jake Allen isn't the guy that's going to win you the cup in the playoffs. Let's face facts. It's not like he's a rookie you don't know. He's got a long career. We know what he's like and what he is, and he's a backup goalie. And Ducharme knows that if he doesn't get Price going, they don't have a hope in hell. And that's To me, that's how I see it. So why is Price probably starting against Ottawa? Because Ducharme needs him to get going. 
and he needs to he needs to get him going by you know what you get thrown off the horse you know the saying you get thrown off the horse you got to get right back up on this in the saddle it that's the that's what this is to get his confidence back he needs to play he's already playing less games than he's used to so taking him away from more games isn't going to help do I really think, though, against Ottawa, would I really like Price to be the guy in that? Not really. I kind of really want, I've said it, I would like to see Allen. But I get the reasoning that it would be because he needs to get them going. As far as line changes, because the lines are pretty much out in practice for today, um, there's not a lot of change there. And the coach hasn't been shy about saying why. He wants these guys to get going, not on their own. He doesn't have a lot of time to make big changes and to big, make big um, strategy changes and stuff like that, not big ones. So he needs them to get going like they were at the beginning of the season, and they were when they were clicking. It was great. Everything was great. His job is to make tweaks and to get their confidence back and to motivate them right now and to make these little changes going forward and eventually – getting to be where they want to be. But he doesn't have the time to make big changes going forward. And um, Scotian Canadian, if you don't watch Scotian Canadian, you should. Um, he's on YouTube. He does podcasts. He's a great guy, Matt, and he's knowledgeable. You should go and watch him and subscribe to him. Uh, he made a really good point in that part of what Ducharme has to do is build one-on-one -on -one relationships you could say well he's been here two years yeah but not in this capacity it's all new now he has to build new relationships with these guys as the head coach by making these wholesale not maybe not wholesale but making these huge changes lines dropping guys from line to you know, like that he's gonna piss guys off and not build such good relationships and that's not gonna look good going forward and that's why he's doing what he's doing so you could say, well, you can't be a prisoner to the guys. It's not exactly it. He needs these guys to work with him. It's a new day and age. Back in my day, it'd be no problem. Make the changes like that. No one's going to, you know, so the guys, the players are mad. So what? It's not like that today. The athlete is different. It's a different kind of athlete. You got to coddle them a little bit. You know, that's the way it is. So this is what the game he's playing. And in the meantime, we're giving him shit after two games for not being good enough. I don't know. I don't get it. Here, I wrote this. If you can't give a new coach more than two games, two games before we start shitting on him, what does that say about us? As us? Nothing good, I can tell you that. Nothing good. Nothing good. Panic is what it says. It says panic. We're pa panicking as fans. But it's a damn good thing he's not and the team isn't because you got to give them as a minimum five games before you're going to shit all over them in any kind of capacity. That's my opinion. Remember this. This is an opinion show. This is all about my opinion. That's my opinion. I believe you got to give them at least five games. And if things are looking good, but they're not perfect, after five games, you got to give them some more because things are looking good. And I could say, second game in, things are starting to look up already. So that's a good sign that in the second game in, he's already, the team played better. They're starting to play. You can see what he's going for, and you can see, give it some time. It's going to get there. And I'm not talking half a season. I said five games, five games, not five games, five games. So that's what I'm talking about. 
Put yourself in Coach Dom's shoes. It's been less than a week. As a matter of fact, I think this is day six. And people already want him replaced. So do you think five or six days would be enough for you, person listening, out there watching, to turn this team around? Do you think you could do it in five, six days with limited practice time that's available? Really? Do you think you could? Think about it this way. You take a new job where you're supposed to come in and kind of fix things up in the department that you've been hired to do. You know, make a little bit of, you know, change, just make morale better. Just do those kind of same things. Um, and you get in there, you're two days into your job and they come down on you and say, you know what? You're not working fast enough. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. You're gone. Would you not be like, what? You're going to give me some time to do something? It's the same situation here. He's had two games, six days now. So four, four days in the, at the last game, how do you expect that to be? That it's going to what? Boom. Habs are better. Habs are a contender. Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And if you think it is, it's kind of ridiculous. All right. My rant on that. Bandwagon jumpers. That's what we all are if we are coming down on this guy like that, if we are even coming down on the players um, that might not have been playing great before, if you're coming down on those guys now, you're a bandwagon jumper. Give them some time. I mean, I think your bandwagon jumpers are getting tired. You're not tired. You're getting in good shape, though. Your legs are getting strong from all that jumping on, jumping off, that kind of stuff. You get it right. Jumping on, jumping off. You, oh, you on in video, you saw it. Guys on podcast, you don't know why I'm laughing at myself for that. Um, <laughs> I wrote here also, oh, do you think it would magically get better? Lucky Charms, magically delicious. It's not. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Give it a few games or go find another team to cheer for. That's all I can say. If you're not willing to give this team and this new coach, after being so excited for him when he first, you know, the first game, if you're not willing to give him five games before you can really even begin to start saying stuff, I don't know. I don't know. Go cheer somewhere else. Referees. It's quite clear now. Refs effing suck. Point final. That's a French saying. Point final. They suck across the board. Now, I'm not just saying in Montreal because I'm seeing complaints from Every, pretty much every fan base, every city saying how bad the refs are. But in particular, Montreal, you cannot tell me, and this is a case in point to say how bad it's gotten. Jeff Petrie, second period, he's skating to the center of the ice. I don't know if it's the neutral zone right around his blue line. His back is turned. Guy bumps into him, and that's interference. I, 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 I don't have the words. I can go for a half hour. I, I, I don't know. What the hell is that kind of a call? So that's a case in point. A call like that, if a ref's calling that on a team, they've got a bias against that team. I mean, convince me not. I kind of thought it was a soft call. The next one that led to a goal, the tripping call on Ehlers, to me that was a bit soft. Um, and it led to a goal. Um, 
the goalie interference goal? What is goalie? Inter- what is goalie interference? Does anybody out there listening on the podcast or watching on the video? Do you know what goalie interference is? I know you can read the rule. We can all read the rule, <laughs> but the way they're calling it, does anybody know what they're doing? I don't think so, because one time it's goalie interference, the next time it's not. One time it isn't, the next time it is. Now, I've seen examples that people are using. There's some that are obviously, okay, listen, that goal was good or no, that wasn't a good goal. I get that, but there are so many bad ones that are clearly either not goaltender interference and the goal should have counted or clearly was goaltender interference and the goal shouldn't have counted. And I don't think the refs know exactly what it is and that clearly the fans don't. Because I've seen many where I go, well, if that was a goal, then the one they just called back on Montreal was a goal or vice versa. And I don't get it. I don't get it. So what the fucking hell is up with the refing this year? I know refing, we always complain. We'll always complain about refs. But it is particularly horrible this year. It is ruining the product this year. And if it goes forward like this, refereeing and the rules that they have right now are going to ruin ruin this part product and i don't i don't know i just don't get it um i want to talk on um talk about something it's old but you keep seeing it out there suban weber it's up again i don't even know why it's still out there on twitter i just saw something recently about it and i'm really tired of comparing suban and weber Here's what I say. First of all, I was a huge Subban fan when he was here in Montreal. The only two guys I was going to accept them trading him for was uh, Doughty in L.A. or Weber in Nashville. And they got Weber. And I was okay with that. And I was happy. They are going to trade Subban, at least get a guy like that back. Now look at Subban's career. He had two good years, you'd say, in Nashville. And then his career kind of steadily went downhill to where it is right now, where he needs some good season to revive it. So I don't get what the talk is about whether Subban or Weber, like if we want, Weber has not had that happen to him at all. No drop off of anything. He's had a couple of up peaks in his career. So I don't get where the talk is still about, Subban and Weber, that was a horrible trade. Don't get it. What was horrible is just the length of contract that Weber has. Montreal didn't sign it with them, with him. I get that. It's horrible, the length of time. And that's the only problem I have. But if you compare the two defensemen, Subban's career went downhill two, maybe three years after this deal, which means it has to be two because it's not that long of a deal. So the last... Three years or so, Subban's straight downhill. And how do you compare the two at, at all? So I don't know. I don't know why that's still out there. That's my thoughts on it. I got here Jake Allen. This is before they're announcing that he's going to, it's probably going to be Price uh, versus Ottawa. Allen has the hot hand and should play more. Um, more, what, what did I write here? The Price got his game back. Oh, more till. <laughs> 
I thought it was the – my writing is bad sometimes. Yeah, uh, Allen should play more till Price gets his game back. Um, he left it somewhere. I don't know where. I hope he finds it. Uh, I wonder if he looked in his garage. But seriously, that's a good argument, right? Allen's the hot hand right now. Is Allen going to win us a cup? I don't I don't think you want to go and say, okay, Allen's going to be the guy all the way right if we're going to – if we make it that far, you're not, you're going to win a price. You're going to win a cup with a guy like price, a goalie of that caliber who can play that many games in a row and not have problems. Allen does have problems when he's got to be the starter for that length of time. It's not his thing. He's the backup. He's going to get you there along with, you know, your main guy, but price has to be the guy, but, I kind of think, you know, I would like to see Allen start in Ottawa. But, I I mean, I understand um, why it isn't because, you know, he feels that he's got to get priced there and that's the way to do it. I don't know. We talked about it earlier. But I just had written this down. But in my in my view, you know, I kind of, and I think I've said it either in a live stream or video, that, you know, you might want to look and say, well, think of it as price is going to be injured for three games, even though he'll sit on the bench be your backup. Um, think of it that way. Give Allen, you know, that. And then – you know, go with that. Go with Price again from there. Let him have a little time. But it's clear that Ducharme needs him back in the saddle now, and he needs him to be good once he's in the saddle. And I think that's what's happening here. Okay, one page down. Uh, I think two pages down. Two pages down. That brings us to the uh, new poem. I wrote a new poem. How are we doing in time? A little more than I wanted, but it's a podcast. We're almost done. New poem. This has, I wrote this before the last live stream. I think it still kind of qualifies for still being relevant right now. Okay, here we go. These Montreal Habs, who I've loved since I'm eight, um, have changed so much since then, but to me, they're still great. This once winningest team in the whole NHL and the only team that I've cheered for, just thinking about them makes my heart swell. And tonight, I'm lifting my beer for. A coaching change we needed this week, so they fired coaches Julian and Muller. A weak and boring style they were playing, and it couldn't have been any duller. So the new guy comes in, named Ducharme Dom, but it doesn't look like much changed. And when they lose 6-3, like a nuclear bomb, the fans, they get deranged. Just deranged, that's the only word. <laughs> fire the new coach, the GM, trade away half of the team, cried almost everyone in the room. Are you serious, I said during my stream? What's with all this gloom and doom? Give it some time, a few games or more. Did you expect it to change overnight? They'll soon come around and be mopping the floor with the Leafs, Oilers, Sens, Flames, Jets, and, and Nuts, right? a little small poem all right now we get to the question and answer portion of this video and podcast segment and i'm going to start out with a question from yanni yonkari and i think this is a little tongue-in-cheek uh how many fins are too many he's from finland how many fins are too many um i don't know the answer to that i don't think we have too many of you mean that they could use some more you know what it's not a question of where you come from it's a question of your talent level so, um, yeah, 
If it's because there was um, criticism about the Finns, well, that's just dumb. So I don't buy into that. So I don't know. As many as you need. How's that? No. That's as many, that's, a, that's the good amount. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. From Shamir Ravji, who has been on the podcast before. Uh, so uh, Shamir asks, do you think the Habs end up with a losing record versus Sens this season? And this is an apropos question since tomorrow, day after I'm filming this, is uh, we're playing the Sens at home for a rematch. And um, I think it's a distinct possibility if Montreal can't turn it around against the Sens or the Sens just, you know, there's a couple of teams they seem to be wanting to be spoilers against. And if Montreal's that team, yeah, I think it's a distinct possibility. We could. Sens could be our Detroit from last season where we couldn't win a game against them. We'll win because there's a lot of games, but I think we're going to need to win the next three, four, and maybe the rest of the games against them. But, yeah, I think there's a distinct possibility. From Samuel Chevary, do you think Montreal makes the conference finals? The way they're playing now, no. Do I think they still can? Yes. Yeah, I think they still can. Um, they'll make the playoffs. I think they definitely can still make the playoffs. And that's all it takes. You get into the playoffs and you get hot. Your goalie's hot. That's all it takes. And you can win the, both rounds and you, you get to the, the conference finals. So, yes, I think they can still do it. Do I think they will necessarily? No, I don't think they necessarily will. But I think they definitely can. Jonathan Gauthier, when will Caulfield join the Habs? That's very timely as well, too, because I think – they are in Wisconsin on the Badgers, his NCAA team. They are at the playoff por uh, portion right now, I do believe. And uh, if not, they're almost there. I think that we could see Caulfield and the way he's been playing. I think we will see him. Um, I think as early as the end of this month. I'm filming this on March 1st. I think as early. Now, that doesn't mean it'll be that early, but it depends how long he goes in the playoffs there. Then he's definitely signing an ELC and coming up. Does he go to Laval? Does he go to Montreal? I think he comes to Montreal for at least a few games. And if he does well, he stays. If he doesn't, he goes to Laval. But I think that could happen as early as three, three and a half weeks from filming of this video. So there you go. That's everything. There's my uh, segment. And, uh, and my uh, video for the uh, for the for the, the uh, Talking Habs channel can't get the words out now. So I want to thank everybody for the um, listening to the podcast, for watching the video. Thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. It ran, ran a little longer than I thought. So I'm going to sign off for the podcast first. So everybody, all listening to the podcast, we'll be right back to close it all out uh, on the next segment. And uh, I'll speak to you guys then. Just hang on a sec. So let me close that out. All right, we're back. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I was kind of nervous doing it because um, I was podcasting solo, I think like the first six episodes or something of this podcast. Uh, it's just me solo, and I wasn't really that comfortable, and I, and I just I found Jeff, and Jeff and I have been uh, solo, well, solo. <laughs> We've been podcasting together for a little bit now, and um, I guess, I don't know, um, I wanted to try it again to see if I can do some solo podcasting, and uh, I was pretty happy with it. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I'm not sure on the podcast where you can leave comments, but I do know if you go to uh, Anchor, 
uh, com on the um, website, I guess, that they provide for the podcast for uh, a couple of guys talking Habs. And you can leave a voice message, so I do know that. But I imagine you can leave comments uh, on whatever platform you are listening to. So hopefully, I, I mean, I encourage you to do that. So now, next episode, we're going to have the return of Scotty to hockey in his second installment of um, – it's an it's unnamed. I've asked Scotty to uh, kind of name his uh, his uh, what do we call that? Uh, I guess segment. Uh, it's, so it, that name should come out soon. Uh, hopefully on the next uh, <laughs> podcast with Scotty, which I'm going to do today, later today or tomorrow. Um, next episode we'll have Jeff back in his in his normal seat as the co-host. We're also going to have a special guest, Heinz. His his name is Heinz. I don't know his last name, but he is a subscriber of mine, Heinz57. He is doing, he is going to be walking across Canada for autism. So it's called Walk for Autism. I don't have all the details right now, but I'm going to definitely have um, um, a link where you can uh, d- to donate and to contribute to his walk and to the cause of helping people with autism. Um, so he's going to be on explaining all of that uh, next uh, on the next episode. And, um, you know, other things. We'll talk hockey. But I just want to emphasize that that'll be uh, happening. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to support that, and I'll let you know more about it as I learn. But, I mean, Heinz will be able to explain everything. So we're going to have that. That's coming up on the next episode. Once again, please leave a voice message on Anchor.com if you can. I appreciate that. You just give us a question, a topic to talk about. Tell us how you think we're horrible or we're great. I encourage you to do the great part. Um, anything you want in a voice message, we'd really appreciate that. Please follow us on whatever uh, platform that you're on. There's something there that you can follow us. I don't know if it's a star or, you know, there's always something there. Um, my YouTube channel is uh, Talking Habs. And that is on YouTube. You just put it in the search bar and you will get there. I've got all kinds of Habs videos. I only talk about the Habs. Um, all kinds of Habs videos, live streams, all kinds of stuff for you to, to look at over there. You can find me also at, on Twitter at Talking Habs. Jeff can be found on Twitter at Jeff Head. And I believe Scotty2Hockey in advance if you want to uh, find him there because Scott's a regular on this uh, podcast. Um, that's a, that's actually a good question. I'm not going to give it out. He'll give it out in the episode because I'm not sure if it's at Scotty2Hockey, which I don't think it is. I think it's at Open Ice Hits with Scotty2Hockey. So I encourage you guys to check him out and check him out on YouTube and give him a follow over there. So that's up. That's what's up next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. Hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know what you thought about me solo podcasting. I'd really appreciate the uh, feedback. And uh, that's it. Have a great week in between. Oh, I guess I should announce the uh, podcast will be going very soon, if anyone's still listening, to a regular Sunday night. We're going to try to record every Sunday night and be more regular. And uh, so that's coming up. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Peace out, y'all. And uh, catch you on the flip side. See you on the next video and talk to you on the next podcast. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Bye. La 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 la